1: Hey, Euphorians! Whew, it's been a hot minute. To be more exact, it's been two months. We are excited, overwhelmed, enlightened, and ready to explain ourselves. Life has not been the most euphoric in our country, but yet, here we are, ready to move forward and to continue spreading that euphoric love. Where the fuck have we been? Well, you'll just have to stay tuned to find out. Hello, Euphorians. Wow. It has been a minute, or some would say two months. <laughs>
0: what it is. But here We're we are. We're back.
1: We are back. We missed you. We missed you all more than words can describe. Um, it's been an extremely difficult time in our country and just <laughs> overall in life. I mean, fuck. First coronavirus, now <laughs> With the Black Lives Matter movement, we've just had a lot.
0: In our country, in our city, in our personal lives.
1: Yep, it's just been a minute. So, I mean, I'll let Alex kind of give you a little debrief of what's been going on in our household because it's been kind of fucking wild over here where we live. And we just kind of want to explain ourselves. We didn't just dip for two months for no reason.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yep. So, when you start podcasting, one of the first things you... Uh, you hear a lot, is to not take breaks, to be really consistent mm-hmm. with releasing, like, weekly, which we were very attentive to. We were
1: really good we at We were that. on it. We <laughs>
0: kept a very tight <laughs> weekly schedule. Yes. Um, but then we have obviously <laughs> taken a pretty significant hiatus here. Yeah. And that's because within a single week, the murders of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor by the American police forces sparked a pretty massive social movement uh, Mm -hmm. in America here, a resurgence of the Black Lives Matter movement that was very popular in 2014, Uh, a lot of calls for police reform, police abolition, police defunding, um, a lot of police brutality, a lot of protests, and ultimately a renewed conversation around equality and equity for black and disenfranchised people in America.
1: Yeah, and it was like... You know, you you hear a lot of people say, oh, it feels like it happened overnight. Obviously, like, that's not the case. This shit's been going on for hundreds and <laughs> hundreds of years, but the fact that everyone's quarantined at home, watching these, you know, filmed videos of people dying under police brutality, it's very extreme, hence why things got if you will, pretty gnarly over quote unquote overnight.
0: Yeah. Those two murders were a flashpoint for a lot of stuff that has been boiling and unresolved in America for a very long time. Mm -hmm. And it has really popped off and we've been very involved in it. Mm -hmm. Um, Our city, New York has been very involved in it. it, has been a center of a lot of police brutality, a lot of protests. So it felt kind of tone deaf to release our usual, uh, that's what, a euphoric get wasted episode. wasted and talk we, about euphoria yeah, for three Yeah, we talk about our, <laughs> how stupid we were in high school or something. So that initial week, it didn't really feel right. No. Um, and it hasn't really felt right since then. And it doesn't even necessarily feel right now. But we really miss this. We really value this podcast our listeners, um, we really value our fans our listeners it's valuable to us personally as a creative outlet
1: also like i love that most of our listeners if not i think about half are international listeners so we obviously felt a need to bring a lot of this to surface not because we just think it's important but because i'm sure there's a lot of our listeners that might not have all the information necessarily i mean especially with like limited resources in the media. It's kind of cool to hear from people that are experiencing it firsthand. Yeah. So I think that's kind of cool, but
0: yeah, I mean, our platform is incredibly tiny, but what we do have, we feel some obligation to use. Give us some
1: more credits. (laughs) All right.
0: Well, (laughs) our platform exists, and we feel some obligation to do something valuable with it. Mm -hmm. Um, But we're also still interested in having this be a Euphoria podcast. So there's, we're gonna be trying to figure out what this is gonna look like in the future, and we hope to hear from you on that as well. And for now, we're going to put out this episode, another one next week, and we're going to go from there and just try to.
1: Yeah. And we're not alone. A lot of people are in the same boat. A lot of, you know, from brands to different businesses, podcasts. I mean, everyone's trying to figure out how to move forward and use the most of their platform, I would hope. Mm -hmm. That's the hope, right? I mean, not everyone's doing that, but we absolutely will be. So, yep. With that being said, um, a little normalcy here, would it wouldn't really be our podcast if we didn't fill in our listeners on what the fuck is going on with the Euphoria cast. But to give (laughs) a quick little overview, we'll be diving into the Euphoria cast. We're just going to give a brief update of what everyone's been up to during the Black Lives movement and coronavirus in general, just everything that's going on. And then Alex and I have decided to just kind of spend the rest of the time giving our personal experiences of what it's been like to be on the ground here in New York, what's been going on. And then really from there, we might have a couple items, kind of some call to action items that we want to make you aware of. And that we'll be linking in on our Instagram, all of our social media, you know, the works. So yeah, we'll dive right in.
0: Yeah, let's uh, let's hear some euphoria updates. Oh, let's yes. talk about what we've been doing. And I
1: miss my euphoric. Let's babes. get it on. I do. Well, Zendaya, we'll start with you know Queen Z. Oh God, <laughs>
0: what's old Z up to?
1: She's up to a lot. Um, I mean, I think a lot of our listeners and fans agreed with us when this first all hit, which was what was this in early May? I'm so I don't Sometime even know what month May. it is. Just say May. Yeah, May. Um she was doing some interviews like right when all this started and you could tell she was definitely like not here for it. And can you blame her? It's like what we just said, like doing interviews or recording a podcast, when you're seeing all these horrible things take place in our country, it's kinda hard to like <laughs> take a backseat and like answer mm-hmm. questions about euphoria. Like you could tell that she was And like, about pained. yourself? Like yeah. no one really wants to talk about themselves no, at no. a time like this. So Uh, You know, I felt I felt for her. I felt sorry for her that she had to be put in that position. Because one thing I will say before I dig into all this that I just thought of, um, Alice and I were saying, we're incredibly lucky that euphoria is the center of our podcast, and that it's not necessarily problematic, because euphoria is such a beautiful piece of art, if you will, (laughs) the best out there, if you will, but it's also a show to be extremely proud of. Like I'm glad that we get to talk about it because there's so many stories within Euphoria that are very important and aren't told enough on TV in a way that you can relate and understand without it screaming at you politically and like mm-hmm. feeling not authentic, you know, feeling inauthentic. Like it, it just does such a good job. Sam Levinson's yeah, creative perspectives have always been very like about the story and not about the character. You know, like Zendaya being <laughs> oh, so different race and then trans. Right. And then it's like it's very much about the characters and their stories. Yes. And I am f- just... regardless
0: of any critiques I have about Euphoria, it is a very nuanced, progressive show with mm-hmm. really well developed characters um, that you don't typically see that are telling stories. In an emotionally impactful way that you don't often see. And that's just in a way where they're just living. They're just living their life. Valuable. We don't
1: get to see that very often at all.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: So, yeah, I just, I kind of wanted to bring that up.
0: It's, it's very non-problematic, and we're lucky for that. We are
1: lucky, meaning like I, I'm proud to continue. I'm excited for season two, and I'm so glad that we get to talk about it because it might not be like directly in relation to a lot of the race conversations that are going on right now, but it's there's just a lot to unpack. But anyways, back to what I was talking about. So Zendaya. Zendaya's been doing a lot of interviews. Um, she did Actors on Actors with Variety, which is you can YouTube it right is a magazine right or is it yep yeah (laughs) it took me a minute to think about it my mind is like literal mush so she did it with mj rodriguez who plays the starring role in the show pose which i haven't watched but i'm extremely excited to watch it and it's definitely on our list and i think honestly the closest show right now you could like kind of relate to euphoria is that is what i've heard i don't Mm. know for sure Not, like, all the topics, but just, like, a lot of the same conversations. Mm -hmm. Um, Anyways, so she goes, you know, talks with MJ Rodriguez. They kind of just shoot the shit back and forth, but it was really cool because they talked about a lot of stuff that we have often discussed on our podcast, which is that Rue is such a complex, incredible character because it's not about her race, it's not about... She's not defined by anything, it's just... It's a story about
0: drug addiction. Yeah, and Zendaya's... And, like, interpersonal relationships in high school.
1: Yeah, and Zendaya was just kind of... It was cool to see her feel so connected. Like, she literally even said it's been extremely tough, like, not being able to dive into season two. She's so attached to that character and Mm -hmm. almost, like, feels like she's in this, like, weird hiatus. And doesn't get to explore it further. Just like us, <laughs> all right? <laughs> no, not like us. <laughs> it's a little more important. Us and Z. But you could tell it was cute. She just got really emotional. You can tell that that's like extremely important to her. Mm-hmm. So it was cool to see that. So I highly recommend you look that up and watch Very it. Cool. Especially for all of our... I know our listeners are huge Z fans. They've probably already <laughs> watched
0: it, but if they haven't... Totally.
1: Uh, you'd be surprised. Then she was on Drama Actresses, which... It's like a round table that Hollywood Reporter does. Same kind of thing. She talked with a bunch of like esteemed actors about different projects and kind of the same thing. She just talked a lot about her character and how what a great experience it was to be on Euphoria. So I just wanted to bring that up because I think it's a fun thing to watch in quarantine. Obviously, the biggest news from Zendaya we have is that she fucking filmed a movie in quarantine with Sam Levinson called Malcolm and Marie. Hey oh. Hey Malcolm and Marie. Yeah. Is she Malcolm? Uh no. She's Marie, I think. <laughs> Actually, I don't want to say that confidently, but I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I'm just fucking um, with you. It's supposedly a kind of like a similar storyline as Marriage Story, if anyone's seen that on Netflix, and it's Basically, they've given, like, little to no details, but it's about a couple in quarantine, so Mm, I feel like...
0: Marriage story in quarantine. Yeah. Mm, I like it. I'm kind of here for it.
1: And I wonder if this will be, like, the first corona content we get. I know there's been, like, bullshit, like, record-at-home things that people have put out, but this was, like, on a set. I told Alex it's kind of funny if you, like, look it up in the press. They made sure... It's, like, three pages long, but it's not about anything about what the material is. It's just... How were we safe? Because they're so afraid of backlash. Yeah, they
0: just published, like, their safety guidelines and yeah. stuff, right, about how they're filming.
1: Yeah, yep. the, what is it, the Caterpillar house? What is that? I don't know. No, you knew it. I wrote it out loud. It's a modern home. In, yeah, like... you showed me that,
0: and oh. I just read the name <laughs> off the picture you showed me. I don't I thought actually you knew know what, what it was.
1: It <laughs> it's this cool, like, modern home in L.A. where they filmed. But anyways, they, you know, they gave all the guidelines. Like, we cleaned it every two hours and, like, all the set quarantine, blah, blah, blah. I was like, I don't give a fuck. I mean, I'm glad they did that, but, like, I want to know more. Yeah, But we're not getting any more. So excited, though. And we'll absolutely, absolutely be recap, recapping
0: that. Oh, yeah, you can bet that once that comes out, we'll watch it and review
1: it here. Yeah, I think it's going to be really great. Then um, we've got Sydney Sweeney. Honestly, she's, like, still just doing her thing. I mean, she's been very involved, posting a lot of great resources for Black Lives Matter, but she's gone home. She's back home in Salem. Shout out, Southern Washington. shout out. What up, <laughs> Oregon? She's wow. like on the lake every day. She's kind of like living a great life. I watch her stories, and I'm always extremely jealous because we're sitting in our what is it, fucking 100 degree <laughs> apartment. New York's been hot. It's really hot. It's been real hot. Lately. So her life's been looking pretty nice, and then she's been showing off her Savage and Savage Times Fenty ambassador photos, which are also quite hot um <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. very steamy
0: Paige's girl crush for sydney sweeney resurfaces yeah and
1: always resurfaces but she really is like doing her thing and good yeah. for her and uh, savage times yeah. fenty's rihanna so like that's yeah. cool modeling Bass. for a black
0: owned business
1: yeah get a girl she is and she's been doing that for a while but now especially they're like promoting the shit out of it which they should then we've got barb uh aka Cat she's been like hardcore and i told alex i feel like she's been the most us meaning like we me and alex are very much like fuck the cops like that's just us and for many reasons not like just in a funny way like we have our reasons but she's very much like defund the police abolish police like fuck the blue every day just like posting shit so She's been, like, extremely, uh, what's the word for it, like, outward with her activism. Mm -hmm. As there's
0: police sirens in the background. Literally, (laughs) as
1: we're recording, there's these loud-ass police sirens outside. in New York. We're pretty used to that by now. But anyways, um, Angus, our boy, Fezco, he's been out there for sure. Oh, yeah. He's been protesting. He even, like, spray-painted these fontes that were, like, fuck the cops, and he's just been doing it.
0: he's been insulting police officers on his Instagram. Yeah,
1: I love love it. it. Literally, like, on live, like, going up Mm -hmm. to police officers during protests. It's been great. Then we've got Hunter doing the Lord's work, you know? She's really actually killing it. She's obviously been...
0: Posting you know. pictures of pregnant planes?
1: No, not doing that on Twitter. That was really <laughs> weird, though, when she posted that pregnant plane. I will still not... my
0: favorite Hunter yeah, movie. Yeah,
1: never forget. But she's been obviously very focused on the black trans community, which makes sense, because she already does so much work, you know, for mm-hmm. trans. And it's been really cool to see all the work she's doing, specifically, too, just for the protests and everything going on, like, she had a whole Google Doc that was pretty extensive for, like, bail funds and was, like, definitely donating. So Hunter's a badass. I mean, I could go on and on and on, but if you go to her Instagram, she has, like, multiple links in her bio that are really cool, and I've included them on our action list that we'll talk about later. Yep.
0: And if you don't know, like, black trans people in America are, like, have it the absolute worst that anyone in America has it. Like, by every possible statistic, they're just, like...
1: They're not even considered human here. It's, like, awful. They're so fucking
0: disregarded and mistreated and abused, and every possible, like, thing that's bad is extra, extra bad for the black trans community in America, so...
1: It's just hard, too, because with everything... They need
0: the help more than anybody. Yes,
1: and it's so cool that she has a platform to kind of, like, hone in on that, because, like you said, it's so often overlooked... Really, yeah. by everyone, most of the time, because we're also overwhelmed with everything that's going on, yeah, uh, especially here, that's like the lowest, which it should I saw a good quote today on oh, uh, I'm gonna butcher it, but it was someone's page. I'll look for it later and maybe link it or something, but she said, "I'm really fucking tired of black trans matter being like the line it should be like black trans people get to have beautiful fucking lives like." I'm done with this garbage of, like, they should just matter. Like, that's just, like, a given. Like, meaning, like, fight for more. They should be able to, like, live beautiful lives. Like, have the same rights we have. Like, you know, she listed a whole thing. But Mm. I thought that was a really, like, different perspective on it and, like, interesting. But sorry, I'm going off a
0: rabbit hole. But I just thought that was cool and
1: badass. Because it's, like, it reminded me of Euphoria. It's, like, what I said. Like, they didn't just put... Her character in there to be like, guess what? Like, we think trans matter. Like, yeah. it's like more than that. Not it's like you get to see character. someone live a beautiful life, a normal high school life, mm-hmm. which is how it should always fucking be.
0: I don't know about normal, but not because of her trans. It's <laughs> no! not, not related to her trans know what sexuality. I no, mean, but... they didn't just like put her in as like a trans yeah, I know, character. I know, it's like kidding. we actually get to see I her know, flourish and
1: be successful, which is yes. cool. You don't get to see that a lot. Yes, yes, yes. But yes, then we've got Storm, our girl. She's like the best. I just love her and adore her. She's so just... She's just all over the place. She's always been a great activist. She's always very outspoken about her beliefs and what's going on in her world. But she started a program called The Mentorship, which is super, super cool. It's pretty much just connecting black and brown young women to leading companies in entertainment, sports, media, fashion... And on their story, which I will share, it's actually really cool, you can apply, and if you're eligible, they essentially give you, like, a full, it's, like, a program where one of them, like, Storm would mentor you for, like, two months straight and, like, help you with, like, school, like, with funding, things like that. was like, Bad a lot. I, I want her
0: to mentor me. Shit.
1: Yeah. So, it's, it's like, essentially, it says what it is. It's a mentorship. It's, like, an internship, but with a mentor. Yeah, and how sweet. baller is that? So I'll definitely be posting that because if someone's interested, you should definitely do it. But it's about like intimate, personal, professional development. You mean
0: it's where you don't just get exploited for yeah. shitty, shitty labor? No,
1: it's great though. And I'm, I'm trying to look at it. Yeah. Apply to be one of 15. So sweet. you can apply. It's great. I'll definitely repost that because if anyone's interested, you should absolutely apply. This looks great. I mean, who wouldn't want to chat with your with Storm about your professional development? She's, right on, like, the girl. queen of development. She graduated early. She's on Euphoria. I mean, is there she anything else you can do after that? She all about fucking
0: development. <laughs> She'll develop the shit out of you.
1: <sighs> then we've got Algie. Oh, Algie. I love Algie. <laughs> His content Cole through Algie this Smith. has really put a smile on my face. I will say that. I give him mad credit. Like, he is just fucking hilarious. And I don't know. He's st- He's remained very positive through all this, which is really, like... It's right a nice on. light to have when everyone's feeling pretty shitty and down. Yeah. But uh he also check it out. West Side, his new hit on Spotify. New single. Absolutely stream the shit out of that. Like we are trying to support all black artists, black owned businesses. So just put West Side like on repeat all day long for algae. <laughs> yep and then oh yeah and then his cute brand the favor peace and blessings it's not his brand i believe it's like his siblings brand, but he promotes the shit out of it because he has the platform right so yeah for sure so yeah keep buying his shit because he's still autographing everything and
0: yeah you know support those black owned businesses do it should change their name to fever peace and blessings for coronavirus
1: That's so stupid. No one would... uh, And then
0: afterwards, they can change it back.
1: That's so fucking stupid. (laughs) Wow, it's really been a while. Alex can barely, like, tell a joke. (laughs) Then Alexa... That wasn't a joke,
0: Paige.
1: Alexa Demi has also just been super involved. I don't really have anything, like, specific to bring up, only because she hasn't been... She's really the least active on social media of everyone, I would say, and I think everyone would agree with me. But the times she has used her platform have been for good, and she's absolutely, like been going hard on the black lives movement but we just don't see a lot of it because she's not Sweet. on socials get it, so girl. that was a mouthful but it has been a while and that was all i got i mean that's a lot but it's all important stuff and like i said i'm so proud of the cast and our show that we get to talk about all the time because there wasn't one person that wasn't out there like saying good shit Ooh, yeah. you don't want that I could be wrong. I just thought of this, and I didn't write it in my notes. You're looking at me like you know what I'm going to say. No, I don't. I didn't really see much from Jacob Bellordi. But, Mm. but, he is like, the least active on social, so I'll, I'll sorry, I'll take uh, yeah. back my statement on Alexa Demi. He is literally, like, never... He's the me
0: in this situation.
1: He posts, like, you can tell his only posts are usually promotional. Like, it's like he mm-hmm. has to because the captions aren't even his. It's, like, photographed by, right, blah, right, blah, right. blah, and that's it. Um, He did post his GQ interview yesterday, so he's definitely, like, posting, but I think... I'm a little confused. Like, I want to... Now that I'm more active mm, in our community again, our podcast community, I want... Can our listeners and fans please DM us and let us know, like, are him and Z still together? I do care. Like if they're
0: still together, I feel like there's no way she's gonna, she's gonna let him get well, away with not being, like, active totally. in that movement, even if it's not on his social media. So I'm, Maybe. Would a, I would like to think he's Zendaya's doing
1: shit. Zendaya's not active shit. either, though, let's remember. So they both right. could be doing a lot. That's what I, just I mean. I like no to think he's about.
0: doing shit. Same. Like, just I think not so. on social media.
1: He's a really, like...
0: Which is what I'm doing. Well, from what I know and
1: collect, as far as him as a person outside of the show, he's a very like good person, does a lot of good work. So I'm 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 pretty sure I'm not here to say he's not, but he definitely hasn't posted much.
0: Also, uh, our boy Eric Dane, um, Jews for for Black Lives Matter. Yes, yes,
1: yes. Wait, I posted it on our story. I have to find it. What did he say? He was like. Whoever's name is Karen, or I'm going to butcher it. What did he say? I am looking it up. I just like. He literally tweeted the other day, and Alex and I were dying, and I posted it immediately. Oh, he said, what a time to be named Karen. With <laughs> the party emoji. Yeah. Love it. Love that for yeah. Eric Dane. Um, the humor.
0: Yeah, it's great. A lot of my favorite protesters are the ones that have signs that are like Jews for like BLM. Same. But I love that the, the Jewish community in New York has come out for BLM. Yeah.
1: And, uh, Eric, boy, Dane Eric Dane took is... a minute.
0: Part of the crew.
1: Eric Dane took his chala out of the oven and went out and wrote that tweet. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I love that for him. Yeah, am I missing Sweet. anybody else? Also, no. if you hear snoring, Meatball is literally snoring, laying on the table next to us while we podcast.
0: Shout out, Meatball.
1: <laughs> Mascot. <sighs> so now that we've recapped, I mean, I think it's time to kind of just do a quick deep dive into our experiences of what's been going on. And yeah, Alex, been Ola, you kind of take it away.
0: Yeah, all right, cool. So we've had pretty different experiences, uh, mostly due to employment status. <laughs> yeah. um, due to corona, I lost my job at a bar. So since that started, I've been fully, full-time unemployed, uh, which meant that when all this stuff started, I had all the time in the world to go out and be out there in the streets, whereas Paige has the full-time job and uh, brings home that bacon, So she's had a very different experience than me. Very active and equally impactful, if not more so, uh, just different. Um, Lies. No. So, yeah, I mean, once things really started here, the first two nights pretty much um, were what the media has largely focused on, where there was some degree of looting. Um, some
1: degree meaning like barely any, meaning just oh some God. fucking
0: businesses that who gives a shit about got their windows smashed in and some shit stolen which is basically like 0.00001 percent of their annual revenue or
1: whatever yeah and i mean new basically
0: york, meaningless but new york yes, did look
1: different though let's let's but like, yes
0: there was some degree of like looting or whatever the first few nights but after that yeah, it was. Things have essentially been a hundred percent peaceful, at least on the protester side. They have not been Absolutely. peaceful on the cop side, but there's no. been little to no antagonism or violence from the protesters. Um, so after the first few nights, I started going out to protest, um, and have been doing so pretty consistently ever since, and have seen all kinds of wild stuff since then. Um, I think in terms of a timeline. I think of the first period as being the curfew period, which Mm -hmm. is when uh, the mayor decided that a curfew was a good idea to stop the violence, even though the violence had already...
1: You have to say when you're doing quotes. You're doing a lot of quotes.
0: (laughs) The quote-unquote violence or the looting or whatever, um, they implemented a curfew of 8 p.m., despite the fact that there had been multiple nights of no looting, no violent incidents prior to this. Uh, they still implement this curfew, which was kind of appalling. How in the hell are you going to tell a city of millions and millions of people to be home by eight o'clock that you need to be off the streets by eight fucking PM? Like what are we, children? Well,
1: unless us remember, what what's like the biggest it's so easy to put on paper. It's like what's the biggest lesson learned here? When you're it's like being parents. You tell your kid not to date someone, they're gonna keep dating them you, you can't play the game mm-hmm. so it's like tell yep. everybody there's a curfew everyone's like oh fuck, fuck your it's on fuck yep. your curfew we're out here yeah
0: so fuck mayor bill de blasio and fuck uh cuomo because yeah. those two andrew
1: cuomo fucking idiot <laughs> he had
0: some fucking tweets up on billboards that was the most dystopian shit i've ever seen in real life with my own eyes they were like 1984 tweets it was like respect the curfew like Support the police, go home, like shit like that. Real ominous, like Extremely one line like, well, like you said. But yeah, most importantly, this was a egregiously unconstitutional curtailing of the constitutional right to protest and be out in the streets past fucking eight PM. Um, so I started going out during the curfew. Um, and basically throughout the curfew, things got that was the period of like the most consistent gnarliness. Um, because the police use the curfew as an excuse to beat and arrest people. So every night prior to 8 p.m., the police, who are always present at the front and back of every protest for the most part, they would start showing up on the sides of the protest, where you'd be marching down one street, and at the end of the block on the side streets, the small side streets, you'd start seeing cops at the ends of those streets. And that's a technique called kettling, which is basically that they create a bubble around you. And then when they wish, they collapse from all directions with no escape routes open. And then they just start beating everyone and arresting everyone. Well, they collapse
1: at the curfew, 8 p.m.
0: So they would basically do this prior to 8 p.m. And then once 8 p.m. rolled around... They'd collapse the fucking bottle, the bubble, and the, they'd, bottle? the bubble. <laughs> they'd come pouring down the side streets. Everybody, and they have the front would charge and the back would charge, and they'd catch you in the middle, and they'd have you surrounded on all sides, and then they would just start beating and
1: well, and make it known arresting people, make for it known many times. The there's children there too. It's families. Yeah. This isn't just like oh rowdy people like Alex out like right. with pitchforks. Imagine like PM. peaceful protesters, yeah. families, kids, dogs, like yep. you name it. I'm just trying to paint a picture for people that don't understand. This isn't, like, crazy, like, Beauty and the Beast with your pitchfork, like, yelling and screaming. Right. It's, like, a peaceful fucking protest.
0: Yep. Um, so, usually, I had to do some degree of, like, judgment of, like, when do I dip out of here? Because, I a I mean, I don't want to get beat and arrested by the police. And, like, B, it doesn't serve much purpose. No. Um, like, I have to, like... I have to be here for page and meatball, so I don't necessarily like I also don't have a job, so I don't <laughs> necessarily have the like capability to be getting arrested, although I probably should be, just to be like one of the one of the bodies that's protecting other people. Um, but I'm kind of a bitch too, so I can bitch. acknowledge that. you're not a bitch,
1: and also that's not none of that's relevant, like you said. I do think at the end of the day it's just not purposeful. I mean, if you do get arrested, that's just the consequence of, like you said, like defending someone, but it's not it shouldn't be like your goal. You're not there to like get beaten arrested right, exactly. <laughs> so
0: when they closed things down, I ran, and there was only really like two one or two times this happened. um, but the one night it happened, I escaped and basically had to like sneak home about twenty blocks. And it was really, like, fucking insane. It was, like, nothing I've ever seen or experienced before. There were—the streets were heavily, heavily patrolled by police, um, also by police in unmarked cars. So you'd see, like, a black Toyota sedan, and it would be full of, like, six cops.
1: Glad, and they just glad yeah. we're funding police and this, this, is, to do uh, this. And this
0: is in the Upper East Side of New York, so pretty much like the whitest, like least disruptive area of the whole city. And this was going on. So take that and then amplify it by like eighty times, and that's what you have, like in Brooklyn or like other parts of the city that are uh, more heavily like black neighborhoods. It was fucking outrageous. I mean, we saw a lot of a lot of stories from people we know. Um, and a lot of social media posts of people that were on their fire escapes or in their homes, even getting tear gassed by cops just like rolling down the street. Oh yeah, uh, there was a, a p- lot of the times they don't even stop; they would just tear gas people from a moving car. So I basically snuck home twenty blocks, like fucking terrified that every car I passed was a cop because you can't tell because they're in unmarked cars, and it was pouring rain. Um, so it was a shit show, and that I think the the biggest the thing away. i learned from that story was i came home and was like wow this is probably what it feels like to go home every night being a black person like just worried that every car you see is a cop who's gonna stop you for no reason and harass the shit out of you
1: well another point then, about the curfew that. was
0: terrifying and awful
1: that on that same line i read an article in the new york times about a gentleman who was black or is black and when the curfew was placed in New York City, imagine how hard it was for healthcare workers. He was a healthcare worker, oh, yeah. and black, and obviously he's not off at 8pm. He works later, and it was so sad. He was just... it was just And healthcare and,
0: workers are exempt from the curfew.
1: Yes, they are exempt, but we all know cops don't give a shit in our pigs, right. so it was so sad. He was just in the interview saying that, like, honestly when the curfew was in place, he was more afraid of the cops than he was of getting corona, which, that's such a, like, a Man, that just shows how fucked America is. The fact that like he had to call his mom and like in tears and be like, "I don't even change after work because I have to be in my uniform because if I get pulled over, they won't believe me if I say I'm a healthcare worker because yep. I'm black."
0: Yep, and there were a lot of healthcare workers that were arrested for yes. violating the curfew and Postmates
1: delivery people that are essential. Workers. Yep. Because essential workers and healthcare workers were not allowed yeah, to be arrested, delivery but they were. Drivers.
0: A lot of delivery drivers and a lot of healthcare workers were arrested for violating the curfew, which so they fucked. were, which police were explicitly directed not to do, but they obviously don't give a shit about that. So well, anyways, remember
1: that one video where the mayor and the police, he was like, I don't know the mayor. I don't listen to the mayor because the mayor sets oh, the curfew yeah. and that's supposed to be like, okay, now the cops enforce it and there's literally a video online of a cop going, I don't care about the mayor, I don't know him. And arresting someone that was an essential worker. Yeah. Just to give you a taste.
0: So eventually the curfew ends because, like Paige said, if you tell people not to do something, you're going to do it. So every night there were thousands of people violating the curfew and whatever. So finally the curfew ends. So then there's a long period of, like, sustained daily protests, and I go to a bunch of protests and see all kinds of stuff, learn all kinds of stuff. I go to protests that are, like ten thousand people. I go to protests that are like fifteen people. Um
1: oh yeah, you went to that one really cool one.
0: Yeah, I think the most notable one or one of the more notable ones I did was one that was like a skate protest that was organized by this young black kid who was probably I think he was seventeen. He was That's like in so high cute. school and he was basically like I didn't expect anyone to show up to this and there were probably like thirty people all on like skates, roller skates, roller so blades, cute. bikes. Um, And it was really fucking cool because we just, like, rolled through the city, like, shutting down intersections and, like, rolling between cars and stuff. Um, And that was definitely, like, the coolest one I did. Um,
1: That's so awesome. It was obviously super fun
0: because I just got to skate around New York. But these were all – this period was, like, characterized by really, like, big successful protests for the most part and a lot of learning and a lot of good shit. Um, and then most recently, there was a big movement um, called Occupy City Hall, which was specifically about the budget for the police, and everyone was demanding that when they approve the new budget that there be at least $1 billion in cuts to NYPD funding. Um, and there was a big movement like where people were occupying the city hall area to demand this um and that became like probably the primary form of protest for about a week to two weeks
1: yeah i think it's it's, it's, no it's not going on anymore well the budget
0: got passed despite not having the cuts um but that was interesting and valuable for me because i was like it's not it was not glamorous it wasn't fun or cool it was just a hot patch of concrete, and you basically just, like, go sit on it. And I saw some really cool stuff. I mean, a whole community, basically, like, a miniature city popped up there. They had a little bodega. Everything was free. They had, like, medical supplies. They had food coming in all At day. At City food Hall? Food, like water. on the grounds? Yeah. Oh, okay. Food, water, like, access to facilities, people that were there doing counseling. They had, like, a miniature library. So it was really cool, but in terms of, like actually going there you were mainly going there to be like a body so that they had enough people that the police wouldn't fucking like bulldoze the whole place if you weren't like able to like volunteer in some greater way so i basically just went there and like sat on the hot concrete which was valuable to me because it was a reminder that it's not about like what's personally fulfilling or fun or exciting to do like yelling at the police or marching down a big street sometimes what's needed and what the people organizing these things need is for you to just be a body and sit on some hot concrete.
1: Do the bitch work. And if
0: you give a shit about <laughs> this and what you're doing, that's what you do. So yeah. for whatever long that was, I just kind of like did that. And yeah, it wasn't cool. I just fucking sat there on... <laughs> and- like, wrote in my diary or, like, read books or listened to music Alex's or whatever. diary. And sweated my ass off. <laughs> but, like, that was important and that was what was most needed. Then. Was. So that's what I did. And, like, if you give a shit about it, that's how you, like, allocate your time is you say what's most needed and you go do it. So that's what I did.
1: I love that for you. Um,
0: and that's, like, just a good reminder that it's not about, like, what's fun for you or fulfilling for you. Totally. Like, be out there for the real cause and for the real reasons, um, not for yourself.
1: I love that. That's and a And then great after takeaway.
0: that, like, that was pretty much, like, the other week. So now we're here. I'm still going to some protests and stuff. And
1: That's a good takeaway. It's a lot. I mean, that's been said, uh, kind of segues into what I'm about to talk about. But I feel like it's also that thing where people are saying, you know, Black Lives Matter isn't a trend. Like, fucking do the work. And to me, that's, like, what you were saying. It's, like, not just doing the work, but doing the work that's not glamorous. Like, doing the yeah, shit exactly. work. Like, getting yeah. your hands dirty.
0: Yep. Also, very quick shout out to a activist group in New York called Warriors in the Garden They're that I so recommend badass. everyone follow. On I have Instagram.
1: them on our sheet too.
0: Cool. Um, the best protests I've been at were led by them. They are the most well spoken, the most educated, they have the clearest guidelines and organized. objectives. They're very organized. They're really nice, cool people. Passionate um, and enthusiastic
1: as fuck. The but like, <laughs> it's yeah. hype. <laughs> yeah, they're fucking they're
0: awesome. They do the absolute best job, and everything you can do is great. But if like you have are in New York and have the ability to go to anything, go to an event led by them. Uh, you can follow you their will Instagram. Learn a lot. I've learned more at their protests than at anything else, for sure.
1: Same. And also have had the most fun, meaning, like, we talked about this the other day, but it's it's crazy. Like, you go on these protests, right? And another part of it is we've been in quarantine, so neither of us have been, like, active whatsoever. And you're walking sometimes, like, you did one that was, like, 15 miles, mm-hmm. right? Yep. So it's crazy to watch these protesters and warriors of the garden Just their energy levels and their passion, and they just get everyone so amped with their chants, their music, their Yeah. And they have been
0: out there every single day since this started. Every day. It's insane.
1: It's incredibly admirable. And they've also been, actually though, it's been really cool to see, they've been featured in the press a shit ton. Mm -hmm. So I love that for them, and we will absolutely be plugging their Instagram handle on this sheet. It already is, so. Hell Yeah. I'll be sure to shout them out a bunch on our stories. But yeah, well, Those are, I'll,
0: that's my that's my street experience. I love
1: that, I really do. It's been crazy. So that's been Alex's journey on our hiatus. Yeah, and I've kind of had a different experience because, like Alex stated earlier, I still work at Geek nine to six now. It used to be nine to five. Um, anyway, it's not relevant. I. It's been hard because the protests are my favorite. It's I'm just, you know, I'm very outspoken, as we all know, and it's fun to be out there screaming and shouting and getting passionate and getting inspired by people out there telling their stories. That's definitely my favorite, so I'm right there with Alex. That's definitely been the most impactful for me, even though I haven't been out as much as you. Um, but I kind of took a different route. I personally... With our podcast and outside of our podcast, I'm extremely active on social media. Not only do I do it for work, but I also, you know, my personal life have always found, I would say, Instagram. When I say social media, I'm really just talking Instagram. I yeah. use, Alex knows, I'm on Instagram 24 yeah, Instagram's 7. Instagram's your jam. It's my jam. That's um, your, that's I'm your here like for it.
0: asset that you have to leverage is your, yeah, your it's like my
1: drug. It's like it's fun for me, it's expressive, it's, It's, I, you know, I won't go too far into it, but Instagram's always kind of been, like, who I wanted to be for years and didn't get to be, if that makes any, does that make any sense? Like, I'm letting out. I think it would make sense if
0: you developed, if you explain it further.
1: Yeah, so, I don't know, I've just, I've had a lot of, I was, like, raised Mormon, I grew up in Arizona, which is majority conservative, A lot of bullshit, if you will. So, for me, it took me a long time to really come out of my shell and express myself publicly, if you will. Mm -hmm. Like, personally, the people that know me really well have always known me to be one way. Yeah. But I was never proud to, like, exploit that, if you will. Now I'm like, I don't give (laughs) any fucks. Like, not one fuck is given. And I'm pretty sure that's very clear to many.
0: So, the last... Eight or so years of Instagram have been, like, a a public finding of your voice and a expression. Sure, that's a very, like, cheesy, stupid thing
1: to say, but yes, it is. Wow, thank you. (laughs) No, I'm saying for me to say that about myself is a very stupid thing. Not you said it, it was stupid. Cool. So, I kind of... When this all happened, it was a little jarring for me because I use Instagram to express myself, and when I say that, I mean purely humorous. I, it's not serious. I'm not, you know, on right. Instagram talking about very serious important topics like i'm chugging cooks straight out of the bottle i'm like smoking weed laughing singing Mm -hmm. hanging out with my friends
0: you're not an aesthetic instagram no
1: i'm like pulling pranks on people i couldn't give a shit you Mm -hmm. know i'm being really vulgar Mm -hmm. (laughs) not you know having serious conversations yep um which is i don't want to say it's a bummer i still think that that was okay for then but You know, you go through things like this and you take a step back, especially during a hiatus, and you think, what could I do to improve? Because I will say, the only part of me that felt shame was, these are things I care about, but no one knows I care about. I'll go a little deeper. Meaning, I am a part of, you know, groups at work. I support my black friends. They know where I stand. People very close to me know my beliefs and what I stand for, Mm -hmm. politically and just morally. Mm -hmm. but I wasn't sharing that, and some would say, oh, well, you don't have to, and that was always my stance. It was, well, it's my Instagram. That's not my place. Like, I'm just going to be funny as shit, and that's it, but I felt a lot of shame because I look back, and I think, wow, no one, for me thinking this was such an outlet for people to know what page is all about, I'm sure I'm not putting anything out there that's resourceful or even a little bit inspiring other than she doesn't give a fuck, which is inspiring in itself, but that's yeah. for me, it's not enough. It wasn't fulfilling. So for yep. me, it was a huge, huge, huge wake-up call to now not give a fuck about talking about what's really important.
0: Right. You kind of just applied the The, the approach, same fuckery but to not, more important yeah. things. Which is very valuable. I think yeah. that seeing people you look up to not give a fuck and be very outspoken is very powerful and impactful
1: for sure so during this time i've committed to you know i'm just not gonna be going back to normal like everyone's posting stupid shit like if your feed's normal like you don't know what's up it's like that's not the stance i'm taking i'm just saying for myself personally i feel ashamed and guilty for not being more vocal and not standing up for my friends that right now barely have basic rights. I mean, I have so many black friends that I care about and love dearly. And for me, that's where like the guilt rolls in because like I said, they know like what I stand for, but I want to be out there like defending them because right now their voices are what matters. I want them to be heard. They don't need to hear me like fucking drinking cooks on my stories. Like I need to be doing more. So I've been trying my hardest to just daily, Amplify my friends, amplify people who I don't know, but I like what they have to say, particularly, of course, black voices, because that's what's most important right now. And just still, like you said, like keeping the fuckery around, but putting it where it's important and using my voice for things that matter. Mm -hmm. On top of that, as I mentioned earlier, because of my background and where I'm from, it's even I feel more of a responsibility because... I used to just, you know, not care at all what they thought because they're so distant in my mind. I've moved on. I've met new friends, moved to new cities, experienced new things. But those people are still very much present on my social media and watch everything I post, Mm -hmm. including my crazy fucking extended family. But that's a whole other other podcast episode in itself. But Uh, I feel not only guilt and shame, but I also feel an obligation because I don't... When I say, like, my background and all that, I don't mean it that everyone's so corrupt and I'm like, fuck those people. That's not the case. A lot of them I actually really deeply care about, but we just haven't had these conversations in years because I'm not around them anymore. Yep. So it's been so amazing and impactful for me because while Alex has been out in the streets, I've been having really, like, meaningful, lengthy, sometimes combative conversations.
0: Sometimes... Not just combative, but sometimes, like, excommunicated from the family
1: conversation. Yeah, like, my fucking psycho-ass aunt... I'm not even gonna say her name, she doesn't even deserve to be called out. She essentially, like, on Facebook, immediately blocked me when I tried to open a discussion about... It wasn't even about Black Lives Matter, sadly. It was about wearing a mask, which everyone knows that that's been a huge point of contention, which don't ask me fucking
0: Especially why. in Arizona, where... The, where they have the highest case. Where family is from, which is now the global epicenter of coronavirus. It's,
1: it's laughable, but my aunt was protesting against wearing masks and just being a real fucking fool online, so I called her out. But when I say I called her out, I didn't troll her. I just simply told her that the information she was presenting was false and that she should be ashamed because younger people are looking to it, and it's just... It was just appalling to see her post an article that by Facebook was literally labeled as false information. You know what I'm talking about, right? Where, like, Facebook will literally write, like, a filter on top to be, like, warning if you click, this is false. So if you're posting something like that, A, you should feel so fucking stupid, but B, you should be called out. So I called her out. She blocked me immediately. I didn't call her names. I didn't say anything rude. So, you know, it's important even when that type of shit goes down you at least said something. Like, it will resonate somewhat. It won't change her mind. Nothing's going to happen from that. But when I say I'm trying to change, I'm trying to set the example. I want my siblings, my friends, my family to know that I'm not just going to, like, sit back and let people of my blood and people that I'm peers with put out information that's just fucking false and often very racist. So...
0: Yeah, And the consequence may be just being like cut off from that person if they're that extreme. That's fine, great. And that is fine. (laughs) That's like like, the biggest thing I wanna get. Is like if you need to cut someone out of your life or if some shit you say gets you cut out from their life, great.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's honestly great. I was happy. I was honestly... alienate
0: the shit out of these people until they know, like, five people that are all fucking as insane as them, and they can all go jack each other off in a trailer park.
1: Yeah, it's just... It's a lot. So, I've had a lot of interesting conversations. I've had mentors that I look up to reach out to me and talk about you know people in their family being cops (laughs) and how i should care more about the blue lives matter movement over the black lives matter movement right now (sighs) and i won't even start with that because that's just like a yeah that's like a whole other can of worms i mean blue lives is nothing what is that a smurf like that's not a life like that's an occupation and i won't go any further than that but needless to say I have had meaningful conversations, some very combative and difficult, but it's very fulfilling for me because, like I said, I'm just trying to use my voice, my loud fucking sometimes annoying voice for better. So I'm committed. I'm going to keep doing it. and... And this is
0: what we need more of. Like, there was a time in America, not necessarily, it's hard to say it was a better time, but there was a time when racists were at least shamed or yelled down into hiding. Like, they have always existed. The racists in America have never gone away. But, like, there were, there have been times when, like, we collectively as a society shamed them enough that they weren't open about their racism. What's
1: an example? What do you mean by that?
0: But now that shit is back in full force. The 90s. Everyone in the 90s was like, racism's, like, over. We won. It's gone. Of course it wasn't yeah, it gone. Wasn't actually- of course no one had actually won. But you couldn't. People weren't openly out there in the streets being white supremacists. There was enough shame in our society got that it, people that it. were white supremacists at least were knew in hiding. They at least hid it. <laughs> yeah. Right. Which is not like great, but it's better than the current than status than where now. it's just out in the fucking open because once it's out in the open, it's easier to spread to stupid people. If yes, you're like my aunt. if you're forced into hiding, it's harder to spread your message so there have been times in our history when we've successfully at least shamed the white supremacists into hiding their hiding their white supremacy they've always maintained influence and power but they've had to at least keep the white supremacy part like under wraps wraps. and it like that's not like that's some great achievement but it's better than where we're at now where you can just come out and say it in the open like we regress to the point where you can just say it and it's fine yeah so well, it's hard Jesus to Jesus because... Christ. Let's at least go back to fucking shaming them into like shutting the fuck up.
1: Totally, out. and I will, you know. And it's it is interesting because the other reason I also have been feeling this huge push to be more vocal on my social media about these topics are because, and I don't mean this in a shameful way, but I literally have people I know in my life where they woke up and went, "Oh my god!" Like I didn't know that systemic racism was a thing, and I'm sitting there like holy shit like really yeah I'm like whoa I've been like reading Mm -hmm. about this studying this for years Alex and I both like watch movies listen to podcasts like read like we're well up to date but I don't say that in a shameful way it's more of just like a it's a shock factor for me that they don't know it I'm like oh fuck so then I feel like I haven't really like done my part it's like wow my people close enough to me are literally shocked by this. shit.
0: Yep. This is one of the most interesting things is that there's kind of like two types of people right now. There's people that are just learning about this stuff for the first time,
1: which is great. I mean, and keep then learning. they're like
0: passionate about it. And then there's people that have known about it for a long time and have like a renewed passion for it. Um, and we kind of both fall in the the second camp where it's like. We've known about this stuff. I've known about this stuff almost as long as I've been alive, luckily, because I went to a really progressive school where this was part of my, like, education curriculum. inherently. Yeah. So we've both known about it. It's just that being politically active in America is fucking exhausting, and American politics are such a shit show that at least personally I got really burnt out on being political politically active yeah. and fucking dropped that shit even though I really shouldn't have and knew that there yep. was good I could be doing by being politically active. And then there's people that are just, like, learning about this for the first time, and their eyes are wide open, and on the one hand, that's ignorant as fuck that they didn't know about it before, but on the other hand, like, now they're active. So it's almost worse to be in our camp, because we knew better and kind of fell out of it, whereas these people... They're, like, shame I feel like on them for not knowing better. <laughs> but now that they know better, they're doing something about it. So that's yeah. great. You know, Power so the people. You should I think be. we're sadly in the worst of the two camps.
1: But, yeah, but here we are. But here know? we are trying to change that. So. And you only can move forward. Yep. So honestly, other than that, I'm trying to think, like, I've obviously had many great experiences, but I, I don't want to bore everyone on and on and on. But you best be you best believe that I will be sticking to what I said. I'm committed. And this isn't like, oh, fake activism or me trying to be trendy as fuck. Like, no, it's not fucking trendy. Like, that is the stupidest. I've been seeing that a lot. And it's just like, oh, my God, I can't. And Mm -hmm. I just it's I can't express more how important it is to be vocal right now, whether it and I don't just mean social media, because, like I said, it's not for everybody. But if you're at home, you know, call out your racist family speak up if someone says something something that's fucking racist at work speak up i mean we've heard it over and over but i'll just say it again for those in the back that can't hear speak the fuck up you have four followers on instagram great tell those four followers that black lives matter amplify your friends just do the right fucking thing it's just not that hard And if social
0: media is not your game then focus on having doing what you can in person and especially focus on having the hard fucking conversations like all our lives we tolerate these fucking insane racist people in our lives just be for the sake of civility your family says don't don't bother your fucking racist ass grandma don't bother your ignorant ass uncle whatever the fuck everybody has some fucking insane psycho racist family (laughs) member that they are just like told to like chill out about for the sake of like keeping Keeping the the peace and civility no fuck that like call those people out put them on blast let your whole family know that that person's a fucking shithead and cut them yeah. out of your life. Or fucking educate them until That's they That's one
1: way. Like, <laughs> I'm more on the side of, yes. At least yes. fucking call them out. Like, Alex is, I, I admire him. He's much more extreme than I am. I'm pretty cutthroat, but I like to have the discussions. I'm At more, least call
0: them out. I'm like, yeah, just I approach just it a little more
1: out. logically. I'm like, okay, hey, let's break this fucking I'll down.
0: Back it, I'll back it up a step and just say, at least call them out and have those harder conversations and don't just sit there at, at the table while everyone is silent while your grandma makes some fucking racist yeah. ass comment and every Everyone just sits there, like be the person to call her ass out.
1: Euphorians, step up to the plate.
0: She needs to learn before she dies, or she can go die.
1: Yeah, totally, amen. So that's my experience. Kind of wrapped up. In conclusion, to Alex and I, ranting about our experiences through all this chaos, I have over the past couple weeks put together a Google Doc for all of our euphorians it's we're just gonna call it you know the anti-racism resource tea if you will um it's everything that's so euphoric and important right now like alex said we all gotta get our hands dirty and do the work that sometimes isn't that fun but it's necessary and it's important right now and we're all you know hopefully still quarantining or somewhat staying home as much as we can right So,
0: sure hope so. At least in America.
1: Yeah, at least in America. Everywhere else, you know, all of our other international listeners, you're probably doing well and thriving, but we're really fucked here. But with that being said, the dock is really just a home base for everyone to. You know, it just depends on what you're into. Like Alex said, some people are just waking up and wanting to learn more about this. Well, great. We've got a list of podcasts that you can subscribe and listen to. I even went as far as to put specific episodes that I felt were impactful for both Alex and I.
0: Beautiful. We've
1: got films, some of which actually I listed all that you and I have watched, but. Um, I'm going to keep this doc ever changing, you know, I can add, so if you ever want to DM me any sources you have, I would love to hear it from our listeners, I'm just going to be updating this constantly, so don't think this is it. We've got films, TV shows, books, books are my favorite, personally, because I love to read, so does Alex, so we've got some really amazing books, some young adult for our younger listeners, some more adult for our... (laughs) more adult mm-hmm. which I think we have like five, then the most important are the actions you can take. So we've got mm-hmm. petitions, donations, um, and then on top of that, email and calling resources. Sadly, some email boxes are becoming too full, or which is crazy because, <laughs> crazy enough, yep. it's been hundreds of days where this has gone overlooked, so people are putting a lot of the emails to spam, which I've included as a little note on the list, but that being said, some, depending on who you're fighting justice for, some do need handwritten letters, because we're at that point where now we yeah, have to fill send the some mailboxes. physical letters. Physical do letters it. are fun, mail.
0: too. Send some
1: mail. Well, you can really express yourself Snail in a letter. Mail. Draw pictures. Do whatever you gotta do.
0: Yeah. So, I've got... Pigs roasting or something.
1: Okay. We've got address... <laughs> we got addresses for what I call snail mail. So some of these you will see physical addresses. Like I said, it's very descriptive. Mm-hmm. Then toward the bottom, we've got links to black-owned businesses. Um, let's get fucking shopping. Jump in the car, go shopping. Let's help. You know, we got to hit them where it hurts, which is the pocketbook. And right mm-hmm. now, like shopping at Starbucks and all these fucking big corporations is not... Helping. Mm -hmm. So, lots of people aren't spending money right now, let's be honest, because of coronavirus. But if you're one of the fortunate few that can, it's great right now to shop at black businesses. So, we've got a great list of resources for you. Then, we also have other spreadsheets that I've just found on social media that I feel are similar to ours or have maybe some more that we don't have. In terms of educational resources. Hell yeah. And then at the very bottom, just for fun, I've got a lengthy list of Instagram account handles that you can follow to diversify your feed if you haven't already.
0: Hell because,
1: yeah. Because. Not well, just
0: to diversify your feed. No, I it's mean, for educational that, purposes. Like...
1: But it, but it, that's just the starting point, though. Like I said, I really do have people I know that were like, I don't even follow anyone that's black. And it's like, what? Jesus. No, I really mean it. I've had people in Arizona reach out to me and say that. So. <laughs> Well, I, yeah, so I, I meant guess. that as like I guess the for lowest that purpose
0: too, but I mean like
1: no I meant it on like the lowest scale but I'm I'm putting it on there because right now there are so many educational resources being literally like put out on Instagram accounts for you to read through yeah and and yeah there's a lot of links, good. important calls to action yeah so there's, there's a good lot.
0: shit out there and there's people that are compiling it in very easy to digest and aesthetically pleasing formats and you best believe Zendaya's so, on
1: that list ladies that and gents. It um
0: two super quick notes from me one some of this weird some of this stuff on the podcast is from or on this resource list excuse me is from me so it's weird but <laughs> we are gonna be back next week and we're gonna talk about some of this stuff so some of it may might make some more sense but even if it doesn't whatever it's worthwhile That's important. and i co-sign it second note some of this stuff that you can do is signing petitions and i was someone that was very like what the fuck does signing a petition do i'm not signing petitions that does nothing um i didn't know you were like that yeah oh. not prior to that i mean but by this by the point oh by it, now right i back. knew better but in years prior i got never it. gave a shit about signing you didn't an see online value peti- in it. petition it does matter it's yeah it's kind of stupid and lame that it matters but it does matter So if you don't know why it matters, just fucking Google does signing a petition matter. But it does matter, and it takes you literally five seconds, so go sign, like, a 100 fucking petitions. There's no reason not to. It's the easiest thing in the world. It's one click.
1: Alex said every single one on our resource list, and it took him about an hour, which is literally nothing. The petitions
0: take, like, zero time, and that's why I was like, there's no way this helps. It's so fucking stupid easy. There's no way it helps, so that's why I didn't do it. But it's stupid. Just do it. It does help, so just go fucking do it. Look up why it helps, and that's all I have to say.
1: Yeah. I think petition signing definitely, like you said, is the easiest and quickest way to act, if you will. To educate yourself, though, all the resources are really great. I mean, there's really no excuse not to be constantly educating yourself, so I highly encourage, I mean, I don't care if you're a kid that's in school, a parent, someone who's just busy in general with their career, you always have time to educate yourself. You just have to create space for it. I work a nine-to-five job. I listen to probably five to six podcast episodes a day, and... It's it's just like I can put it on the background. I might not yeah. catch every detail, but it's better than nothing. So mm-hmm. I guess I'm just saying that because we, can't, we can create all the excuses in the world. But if you can watch Euphoria like me 20 times in a row, you can certainly go through this list and do everything mm-hmm. you can. Damn straight. On that note, um, I will conclude the episode, but also will excite you for next week. We have heard a lot about cancel culture on social media. And Alex and I have some pretty sticky controversial thoughts on it so we've kind of decided mm. that next week's episode will definitely True. be diving into our personal opinions on this matter because it is important right now
0: yeah it is and we want to we want to be back podcasting we want to bring content that's valuable
1: and that's um, relatable i mean we'll still have euphoric well
0: cancel culture is very social media mm-hmm. so it kind of are we going to cancel w- jacob at, if at he hasn't
1: spoken up I'm just
0: kidding. <laughs> At least, very loosely, it's adjacent to the Euphoria podcasting world. That so. Is we're going to be back next week and we're going to talk about some of the some of the more obscure choices on my uh, my film list and some of the favorite podcasts on page of the list uh, a little more in detail we're going to have like a couple of strong wrecks for you guys
1: yeah and it'll be a little more you know lighthearted i know this was a lot of deep heavy information we tried to still be ourselves but thank you for sticking out these whatever 55 minutes with us we really just wanted to explain ourselves and let you know that we appreciate you all more than you'll ever know. We've missed mm-hmm. this so 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 much. Yep. It's such like a mental health uh, positive for us to podcast. It's such a, it's a great way to interact with you all and just kind of get it all out there. So thank you for giving us this time to
0: Absolutely. Share
1: our experiences. And
0: we are still trying to figure out what a Euphoria podcast looks like in not only this like more socially, politically conscious world, but also between a very long, uh, unknown (laughs) length break between seasons one and two. So, please... Give us all the feedback, any feedback, any ideas, suggestions, whatever. Like, what do you want this podcast to look like? What do you want us to talk about? Like, mm-hmm. obviously, no one expected the break between season one and season two would take this be long. this long. Well, well, well. Um, Wait.
1: Also, we might have a Christmas episode according to Sam member. So true. that's Potential something. To go, but that's episode so coming far
0: off. Um, <laughs> but but yeah. yeah, we're still trying to figure out what this looks like. So if you have thoughts and feelings on that, hit us up.
1: Totally. And I'll be sure to, you know, create some polls and get feedback on social media, on Instagram specifically. Absolutely. Well, we love you all. This is definitely different. Usually we, you know, cheers and kind of sign off laughing and drunk. That's not the case today, but we're happy to be back. We hope you find the doc resourceful. We'll definitely be updating it and talking about it. I Mm -hmm. do think that should be a something we bring up almost every episode just to keep everybody up to date yeah, on what's going sure. on in the world. And for sure, I want to know what y'all are doing to help out. Yep. So on that note, I don't know, Alex, what do we say? That's so euphoric. <laughs> we'll usually, say, but uh, I feel like it's like, that's not so euphoric. We'll, we'll just say, see you next. <laughs> America Tuesday. is a shit show. Cheers. Like, I don't we'll know. Say, uh, we'll <laughs>
0: say fuck 12. Fuck Trump. Um, yeah.
1: Blue lives do not matter. The blue life is not a thing. Yeah. I could go on and on and on and yeah, on. Yeah. Wear a mask. Wear a fucking mask. Yeah. Social distance. Mm-hmm. Stay home when you can. Do better. That's been my quote this whole entire quarantine. Just fucking do better. Our listeners probably are little angels, so I'm not worried about them, but I'm talking about the world. Yep. Well, we love you, and we'll see you next week. See I mean, you next that's week, it.
0: Though.